0: Have we got any Eddie McGuire, who wants to be a millionaire fans in the house? Anyone, anyone who loves that show? Yeah, okay, five people, fantastic give me a wave if you've ever seen that show come on give me a wave all right there's a moment in that show where Eddie every time he asks a question uh, they give an answer and he and he go he sort of says oh okay they go B and he kind of goes all right is that your final answer and they say yes and he says lock it in and they say lock it in now often if you watch it Eddie actually gives them big hints because you're like are you sure you want to lock in B now are you really sure you want to lock in B and they go mm, C and he goes okay lock that one in he, he sort of helps people it's just I, I know I watch it every now and then it's on in the background before before dinner uh and but but the key phrase is he says have you made that decision you better lock it in okay and really today I, that, that's what I, I want to talk about there's two parts of this message lock it in and the second one is called take the plunge I remember 25 years or so ago with my brother-in-law going to Cairns in far north Queensland and we we went to this massive big water hole and it was we were told there's a great place to jump off from the top of the water hole. And so I, I kind of love heights and I'm happy to jump. And I went there with, I went there with my mates and my brother-in-law and I w- went out and I looked out and I, I went back and I was like, whoa, this is high. And everyone said, make sure when you jump, you point your toes because it's that far. By the time you hit the water, if you land flat footed, uh, you'll actually hurt yourself because it'll be like jumping on concrete. And so uh, one of my mates jumped out and he jumped wrong and he went sideways and landed sideways and he just had all this black bruising all down his. I jumped and I tried to point my toes but I didn't quite and I chipped my tooth because my teeth went bam together so far and I had my I had my arms out the side so I got bruised all on my arms and then another one of my friends just stood at the top looking stepping back looking talking, looking, and he just stayed there for ages, analyzing and thinking about it and thinking about it and analyzing and, and it, oh, it drove everybody crazy. You, you actually just wanted to push him just to get him going, to get him to take the plunge. And I've found for me, if I'm gonna do something like that, the longer I think about it, the longer I worry about it, the longer I analyze it, the more, like, the more fearful I get and the more likely I am to walk away. So for me, whether it's jumping like that or when I jumped out of an airplane, don't overthink it, just take the plunge. Lock it in, take the plunge. This morning I want to talk about uh, what is an epidemic in our society, and and, uh, experts are calling it more and more an epidemic that's happening in our society, and it's called the loneliness epidemic. I've, I've watched just the uh, last couple of weeks, Danielle found this show about ambulance drivers. Okay, it's on, on, on a Saturday night, no holidays, she turned to it. And it's kind of my worst nightmare kind of show because I hate blood, I hate sharp things, I hate accidents. She being a nurse loved it. She's watching all this stuff and all these stories and they didn't show too much. But there was a particular moment where they were called out to, a, to an older gentleman who was having chest pains and having pain in his body and it was really sad because it wasn't just that he was having chest pains when they got to him he just he just said over and over they got to him he was crying and he just said over and over I'm so lonely my wife's just died three months ago I've got nobody I said, "Who's your next of kin?" He said, "I've got nobody." Who, who could we call you about how well, you, how someone to help you? And he said, "I've got nobody." And he said over and over, "I'm so lonely. I'm so lonely." And it was heartbreaking for me. And it's it, it's an indication of what's happening in our world today that loneliness is a surging or rising incident. Uh, across all generations not just in older generations eight out of 10 Australians recently uh, in surveys have said that their feeling and sense of loneliness is only increasing the statistics as you look at it across society uh, in the western world particularly is this this loneliness epidemic is increasing Uh, in the United Kingdom they've actually uh, appointed a loneliness minister as part of the government. In Australia, there's been organized a coalition to end loneliness. It's an internationally recognized problem. It occurs where quality of relationships are inadequate, where the social needs that we have are not being met. And all of us will experience loneliness at one point or another, varying degrees of loneliness. We all experience pain. We all experience experience hunger. And loneliness is pain and hunger of the soul for intimate relationship and connection. Uh, Loneliness can force us to, to, to seek out our needs. But what can happen is if we've been lonely for a while, it's like we get into a pit and it gets very hard to get out. It actually can become a spiraling effect because that loneliness starts me thinking certain thoughts and then it actually stops me from reaching out to others to connect and make a connection. It's possible to be busy but still be lonely. It's possible to have a lot of friends on Facebook but to still be lonely. It's possible to be an extrovert who loves people and, is, and 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 needs people a little bit. I often think of it like this. We've got a dog at home called Rocket and uh, Rocket is a dog trapped in a cat's body, but he's still a dog. Okay, and then we've got a cat and her daughter, Molly and Asher. And whenever I think of extroverts and introverts, I think of our dog, I, I think of Rocket and Molly. When we come home to see our, to see our animals, Rocket is, he's just psycho because he is the ultimate sanguine. He loves people, he's bouncing, he's, he's just, he, you know, you sit on a chair and he sits as close as possible to, to you. You walk from one room to the other, he walks with you because he, he's an extrovert, and he loves people. Whereas Molly, as, as she kind of plays the, as the cat, the true cat, game i'm not really interested you here i don't really need you but then eventually she comes and hangs out and especially when there's food around she comes it comes and hangs around and now whether you're a, a, a rocket kind of person who just loves being around people all the time or whether you're a molly kind of person who, who's quite happy with your own comfort your own um space and you're more introverted you're happy to spend alone time both of those kinds of people still need relationships and will still experience loneliness. Uh, It's possible to be surrounded by by people everywhere. It's possible to attend a church and be lonely. Loneliness is is linked to a strong uh, health uh, issues for people. Loneliness causes physical problems, uh, scientifically that they've said, with consequences as dire as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. That's why well, the, the long-term effects of loneliness have the same kind of effect on a person medically and physically as that. As that. Uh, there are issues and data will show that it's bad for your heart, in- increases inflammation, raises blood pressure, and a number of, sur- uh, of, of surveys will show it can cause an early death. Uh, loneliness also contributes particularly in the western world to uh, what mental health problems and so it goes on affecting people's levels of optimism about social circumstances and becomes a a downward spiral for many people now i'm, I'm there's no doubt in my mind as i stand in this room that all of us will I have moments days Weeks, some, some in, the, in this room, years of feeling lonely and isolated from people. The, the irony is the more we're connected through technology, the, the greater the levels of disconnection and loneliness have, have been happening. So what's God say about this issue? What's the Bible say about the issue of loneliness and our human need for relationship? Well, when God first created Adam, in the garden and he created the whole world and he created animals and the sky and the earth and everything and he created Adam out of the dust and he breathed life into him the very breath of God uh, the Bible tells us this he saw Adam and in Genesis chapter 2 verse 18 it, this is what it says and the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone I will make a helper comparable to him it is not good that man be alone i will make a helper comparable to him he looked at adam and thought well you're never going to be able to find anything in the garden unless you've got a wife obviously you'll just be having a man look he looked at adam and said you're not going to be able to get anywhere because you'll never ask anybody for directions so you need a helper am i right he looked at Adam and said, now when you get the, the most significant sickness that any person can possibly have, man flu, then, then who's gonna look after you in that moment? You need a helper. Am I right? Help me out here, fellas. I mean, you, man flu is a real thing, isn't it? Come on, it's a real thing. Oh anyway he, he, he said to him okay who's going to be able to make you go and visit the doctor when you're sick come on come on how many fellas know you need your wife to tell you okay this is you've been complaining about this for five years go and get something to, to, done about it or stop complaining who's ever had that conversation oh okay oh, okay. whoops sorry about that fellas God looked at Adam and he said it's not good that you be alone It's not good that you be alone. Now, why did God say that? Why did he make that statement? The the world was incredible. er, Everything was perfect, actually. There there, there was beautiful food. There was beautiful surrounds. There was beautiful scenery. But God said, Adam, it's not good that you be alone. And the the reason he said this is when you you look earlier in Genesis, when God created man and woman, uh, the, uh, the Bible says it like this, that God said, let us make them in our Image. So here's the thing about God. God is not just a a, uni, a one God. He's not just one person. He's He's a Trinity. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God, by His very nature, is about relationship. He is three in one. God, God's. Uh, the, the great joy that god gets comes from the relationship that he has with the father with jesus and the holy spirit all giving one another honor all all re- related and connected together so when he said let's create man and woman he's like this is awesome what we've got we need to create someone who's like us so that they can be like us and their greatest joy will be like ours it'll be out of relationship you see, you and I have been hardwired in our human DNA, your genetics, you're hardwired for relationship. It's, it's not just, oh, I need it every now and, and then it's part of being a human being. We need relationships. It's the way that we're created by God. The first relationship that we need is a relationship with Him. You're, you're created for a relationship with Him. I'm created for a relationship with Him. You know, we'll never be fully satisfied until we have this this connection with God if it's your first time here today or you've been coming a little while can I tell you one of the greatest things that could happen today is you make a decision that I want to begin a relationship with God I want to open up my heart to the creator who loves me and whose primary purpose when he created me in my mother's womb was for me to experience him for his peace to fill my heart, for his love to flood into my world, for him to guide and, and strengthen and help me through all the challenges of life. I'm, I'm made for relationship with God. That's the very first thing. At the end of the service, I'm going to ask and have an opportunity to lead us in a simple prayer that will be, will be simply saying, I would like to begin the relationship with God. See, you'll never actually feel completely fulfilled until we begin that relationship. And that would be my greatest prayer for you today, that that could happen that's a relationship with him but notice this adam's actually in a relationship with god there's god there's adam there's the whole world adam's walking with god the bible tells us in that early part of creation he's walking with god in the cool of the evening there's no, there's no restriction between him and God because they haven't sinned so, so that relationship hasn't been broken. He sees God face to face. He, he's in this amazing relationship with God yet God looks at him and says in the middle of all of this with a beautiful relationship with, with, with him he says, this is not good. You're alone. Uh, there are certain songs that I can't sing. Where, pe- where we sing these songs and it says, oh, Jesus, you're all that I need. It's all, that's everything. If I've just got Jesus, you're all that I need. Now, I know the sentiment of that. Jesus needs to be the center. He's, he is the one who will fill us. And, and when we've got him, everything will flow from that. But, but from God's words alone, he's not all that we need. He's not all that we need. He says, it's not good for you to be alone, Adam. You need more. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need more. We need relationship. God saw it in the way that he was wired. You you need relationship. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says this, two are better than one because they have a good reward for their, for their labor. So when you work together, it gets, it's a lot easier. That's one thing. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. So if you've got someone looking, looking out for you, uh, th- this morning I'm not talking about re- the relationship of marriage, although that's an important relationship. Not everyone can be or will be married. So that's not the topic I'm talking about. I'm talking about God looks at everybody and says, it's not good that you be a- alone. Not just, not just alone from a marriage partner, but alone in your world because that's not the way I created you. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if the two lie down together, they'll keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? Though one be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. So if you've got three people working together, that, that, that's like a cord, it will be stronger. God says, uh, you need to be connected to other people. It's part of your wiring. Yeah. Now, now, God reserves certain things for relationship. Now, I don't know if you've ever, when, when you've jumped on a plane at some point, you've ever, ever jumped on the plane and uh, and usually you go right into cattle class economy or left into business class or first class and if you're like me uh, every, like a few times I've been benefited to fly business class and it's been awesome but the majority of my life I've flown economy and I'll hop in and I'll look around to the left i just have a little sneak peek through the curtains come on who does this and, and you're like, massive chairs, the champagne's already being handed out, they're kicking back. There's like, you know, one, one um, hostess to, to about four or five people. I'm going down the back, pressing the buzzer, come and see me, come and see me. And I look at it like, oh, there's so many benefits up the front here. But it's okay, I'm all good. But there's, there's this little thing inside of me that goes, wouldn't that be cool right now? Come on, who's had that kind of moment? All right. Now, I am convinced That God has a reserved section of benefits for Christians and here's the thing there is a cost to it but it's very attainable for all of us you see if you read the Bible and I'm not going to go through the verses but I just want to tell you some of these things sometimes you can look at people and go why are they so happy why are they so on fire in their Christian life? Why do things seem to be going well for them? I, I, I understand, it's maybe, maybe they're just lucky. I'm telling you, it's not just lucky. Usually people have made a priority choice to pay a price for something that brings a greater level of blessing into their life. Uh, the Bible says it like this that one of the benefits of people who put a priority on relationships is this uh that that, that if two of you agree on anything in my name it shall be done Jesus said so therefore if you want to supercharge your prayer pray with somebody else that's the reserved benefits that God has There's, there's these benefits when you gather with other people that you don't get alone One is answered prayer, greater power of prayer. Jesus said it like this, if two or three of you gather in my name, there I am in the midst of you. I'm like, well, Lord, aren't you there if I'm praying alone? Yes, of course he is. But when two or three gather, there's an increased sense of God's presence that we can access. If you're like me, I've been coming to these early morning prayer meetings, 6.15 tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday. I love it. I'm, I could have it year round, but we won't. But I could because when you come into this place, there's just it's so much easier than praying alone. It's like, wow, the sense and the ease of coming into God's presence, it's just magnified. Why is that? That's the principle where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. That's why coming to church is an amazing experience. It's, it's more powerful than listening to a worship CD why because we're gathered in his name and there he is in the midst these are the reserved benefits for those who prioritize relationship another one is that there's a greater level of anointing for you personally psalm 133 says that how blessed it is whether those are in unity there will be an oil flowing down upon them right through to the hem of the garments what's that mean well you've got a purpose. Every one of us have got a a wired with gifts from God. There's things that God's called us to do. And the, the, the way that you get an anointing on your life for that purpose that God's called you to is through unity. The reserved blessing for those who choose to gather together is an anointing that flows into our life from being in unity. These are the reserved blessings that are accessible but there's a price to them. The fourth one is this, and I've always thought this, uh, that your destiny actually is in your relationships. The purpose for your life will not be found in being a hand solo Christian. Solo Christians don't discover their purpose alone. I talked to someone during the week actually, and they, they were swearing at me. It was quite an interesting conversation. They were swearing at me over the phone about, about something and they were criticizing a church. And, and I said, Oh, and so how are you going with God? And he's like, oh, I'm good with God. We're really good. I'm like, Hmm, this is interesting. How come you? And it was like the words, I'm good with God, and my, my disgust at Christians can't go, they just don't go in the same sentence. Jesus, he talked about that. He said, you can't be good with God and be bad with your brother. They go hand in hand. Those things go hand in hand. So the the greatest way, and you'll, you'll find this, the enemy wants to sabotage your relationships because he knows that's the way to sabotage your destiny. Uh, if you do Growth Track 2, you'll hear me talk in depth uh, uh, about this. And Growth Track 2 is on today after the service. You'll hear me talk in depth about a moment that Danielle and I had when we almost left this church. where we, 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 we isolated ourselves. We just got, we'd just been married. We thought it would be good for us just to spend all our time together. And let's be honest, she just couldn't keep her hands off me at that particular point. He dreams, he says... <laughs> I think, oh, anyway, we'll just leave that alone. And so so we, we made a decision, oh, let's just hang out alone. Let's just be together. But the downside of isolating ourselves is we missed out on the reserved benefits that come when you're in unity and with others in agreement. We started to miss out on those. The sense of God's presence in our life decreased. And I remember a specific moment where we sat at a table feeling so isolated from the church and looked at each other and said, maybe God wants us to move on from this church. See, the first thing is never interpret God through your feelings or circumstances. But we looked at each other, we're feeling like no one cared. If we didn't come to church, no one would ring us. We had all these feelings. The devil's stirring us up. But what we we knew to, to sit there and go, hang on a minute, our destiny is connected to our relationships. And the enemy wants to pull us apart from our relationships because he wants to sabotage God's purpose in our life. And so we looked at each other and said, let's make a decision here, bottle this feeling and start to be an answer to this problem that other people undoubtedly will be feeling. And you know what? Within 12 months of that decision, we were the assistant pastors in this church. We went from almost leaving and we didn't tell anybody but it was just what was going on in our heart almost leaving to being the assistant pastors and when I look back on what God's purpose for us has been in terms of the leading and the great privilege of leading this church when I look back on that I realize the enemy was trying to sabotage our relationships so we could sabotage our destiny turn to your neighbor and say my destiny is linked to my relationships For those of you online in your lounge room, just say it to yourself. My destiny is linked to my relationships. All right, so if we're moving forward, let's have a look at 2 Thessalonians chapter one. That's the reserved benefits for those who gather, who put a priority on relationship. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter one, verse three says, "We, we ought always to thank God for you, brothers and sisters. This is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. And rightly so, Because your faith is growing more and more, and the love all of you have for one another is increasing. I love this. This is the apostle writing to Christians, writing to the church, saying, "This is what makes me happy about how you're doing. This is what this is what I'm loving." Says you're you're growing in your faith. You're spiritually growing, and your love for each other is increasing. He says, those two signs to me tell me you're on track. It's a good question to sit back and reflect and go, am I growing in my faith? And is my love for my fellow believers increasing? Because those two things would be an indication that I'm right where God wants me to be. Now, I don't know about you, but before we had kids, I was a parenting expert. I'm like, oh, how hard could it be? Uh, uh, you know, I'd, I'd seen things, I had opinions, I'd, I'd worked it out, I'm like, this is gonna be so easy. As time went on, I realized I didn't know that much. Uh, and it was a lot harder in reality than it sounded when I first, ho- when I first thought about it. A lot of my principles and, and pet ideas didn't really work when it came down to Reality. In fact, I found the most disturbing things is some of my kids are actually like me. My mom looked at them one day and said, this is payback for you. I'm like, no, I was the perfect child. She's like, mm, this is payback. And you know what? It's easy to be a parent until you have, a, have kids and it's easy to be a Christian until you have to increase your love for one another. Because the greatest way to grow in your faith is to not sit at home on your own listening to podcasts. It's good. But the greatest way to grow in our faith is to actually increase in love. Therefore, that means getting around one another, learning to love, learning to forgive, learning to get along with Sister Sandpaper, learning to get along. You know, they, my mom used to say this, you gotta, there's some people you've just got to hang around with because you've got some rough edges and you need Sister Sandpaper to rub those rough ed- edges off you. You're like, come on, you're kidding. But we need, we need one another. We need what's in one another. We need the flow from one another. If I was to cut my hand off, my hand would die because there's nutrients and, and blood and things that flow from here to there. And as soon as you get cut off from other Christians, although you can keep some of the religious things alive like coming to church and listening to some worship music, but as soon as you get cut off, you're gonna lose the life flow that God has for your life and for my life. Am I growing, and am I increasing in my love for others? There's something about great relationships that bring richness and warmth and strength into my life, and it's something that all of us need. and I want to talk about. So, how how do we deal? How do we do that? Because we live in a time poor world. We live in a, a, a world where, if I was to ask the majority of us here, I would imagine that we'd say, "I'm I'm so busy." I'm juggling so many things. I've got so many things on the go. And then if I was to ask you, how important is it for you to meet with, with, uh, with Christians? We'd say, it's important. Up here, it's important. But then in my life, I'm so busy, I can't work out how to do it. And so then what we tell ourselves is, I'll just do it periodically. I'll, I'll, just, I'll, I'll make it kind of happen uh, naturally and spontaneously. But then we look back at two weeks and we go, life was so busy, I didn't actually get to hang out and meet with other people who were going to be fellowship and food for me, and I was going to be strength for them. And if if we're not careful, two or three months can go by, and we're not connecting. And you know, uh, years ago, I, I found this principle, the principle of lock it in. When I wanted to connect with my dad more, we were on the coast and he was in Victoria and I just, I wanted to connect with him more and I'd find I could go weeks and weeks without talking to him and I made a decision uh, because of of a relationship that I was really focusing on. It's okay, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find a time slot in my week that just is gonna work and I'm just gonna lock it in. And so in those days, we had a Tuesday night prayer meeting every week. And so I made a decision, simple decision, to make a 10 minute phone call every Tuesday night, driving home from the prayer meeting. So every Tuesday night, I'd ring my dad. He'd take the call. We talked for 10 or 15 minutes. He was delighted with what God was telling him all about what God's doing in our church. He would tell me how he was tickled pink with it. There's that expression from, from, gone, from days gone by. He, he, would, he would always finish telling me, you know, to, blessed me. And, how, and there was a sense of great strength. Because if, if you listen to a message I preached earlier on Father's Day, it was a rebuilding of, of connection going on with my dad in terms of expression of things verbally. And it, when, he, when he died a number of years later, I looked back and I'm like, I'm so glad that I locked in that time. When Danielle's mum moved in to live in our home, and she's probably watching online, and if you are, God bless you, Blanche, I love you. When she moved into our home and she lived with us for six years, we had this same thing. She's living right there, but our lives are busy and crazy, and we want to have meaningful connections, so how are we going to do it? Because we have all these intentions. But the intentions aren't becoming a reality because we're so busy and life's crazy. So we realised what we need to do is lock it in. So we made Monday nights, dinner night with, with, with Danielle's mom. And so come rain, hail, or shine, whether we were too tired, whether we were too busy, whether, you know, whether it was, was a, a, a fiesta food or whether it was just a basic meal, she would come and join us, whether it was for an hour or whether it became a couple of hours, she would come and join us because we decided that's a priority, and we should lock it in and that's if people ask me all the time they say you're so busy you've got so much on the go how does it work for you what I've what I've discovered is if I find something that's really important that I want in my life because there's so many other things that will waste my time and draw me out if it's a priority I lock it in and once I've locked it in then everything else builds around that it's a priority. I want to suggest to you today that, that um, gathering together with other people, other Christians, is a priority for your life. And the best way to make that something, a part of your life is to find time. And whether it's once a week or once a fortnight, lock it in. I'm talking outside of church. Then the second thing is this. Take the plunge. I remember when, when I wanted to take my fitness to another level. And I was, I was training on my own. And that was kind of working. I'd sort of moved from walking to jogging to, to, go, to going along to a gym and doing stuff. But, but again, it was, wasn't, wasn't sort of locked in. It was a bit hit and miss. And I realized if I'm going to take my fitness to another level, I need to gather. I need to get with some like-minded people who are also going to encourage me, challenge me. I'll need a leader who can, who can sort of pull me up and remind me. So I decided I'm going to join this boot camp and this boot camp would meet twice a week on the beach and this is this would be six years ago and I remember there was just this real nervousness in me and going to a group of people that I had never met and is this going to be weird am I going to be shamed for my lack of fitness is this going to be an embarrassment Uh, are they going to be nice uh, it's, it's, it's just I'm confident with people but this, this whole stepping into a new zone and, and then I start to analyze my time will this work perfectly you know, and I'm working out will it work perfectly uh, will, will I always be able to go will, will, you know, and I look at all these different options and eventually I would get analysis paralysis and I'd do nothing because I'd analyze looking for the perfect thing and then when I didn't find the perfect thing I didn't do anything And then I'd end up in the same spot. So I remember uh, I decided to go along. And fortunately, I had a guy I knew from uh, another dad of a kid at school who said, I'll go along with you. And I went along and I just did it awkward. And I did it slightly, slightly scared. And I look back six years now at that time of when I first went along. It's become a a great part of my life. I've made great friendships. My My fitness has gone to another level, my physical fitness. And it all started with taking the plunge. Just have a shot. I want to talk to us today as we come to a close, and as we get some, the, the musos up, for us in the life of our church, we recognize that spiritually God, God's intention for us is to have key relationships. It's the way that you're going to grow the best. Sundays are awesome. Sundays are for worship. Sundays are for the preaching of the word. Sundays are for people to come along and meet Christ and make a decision for Christ. Sundays are for us to gather around a corporate vision. We'll have some friendship and fellowship around coffee. Most of your time is staring at the back of the head of the person in front of you. Not great for a relationship, although I'm sure they're beautiful. But we need to add to that an experience of gathering with other people so that our love for them can increase and we can spiritually grow. And so for our church, our main strategy for that is, there's two main things, groups and teams. Groups and teams. Be part of a group. Find out your gift and serve on a team. And those two experiences of groups and teams will create a catalyst for relationships. It won't be the whole thing, but what will happen is you'll find people in groups and you'll have conversations on the way out from a group on the lawn where you find someone who you connect with and you can talk with and who'll be able to pray with you and you'll form some relationships maybe not with everybody in the group, but with some people in the group and some people on the team, they'll actually they'll become God's life supplier to you and you'll become God's life supplier to them. And so as a church, we prioritize that groups are our primary strategy to help people grow. There are all sorts of groups. If you're new to Christianity, the greatest thing you could do would be to, to, to go to a group we call Alpha and over six weeks... Explore what Christianity is all about and who Jesus really is. Uh, if, you, if you'd love to pray because you, you need some miracles in your life, we've got prayer groups all around the place. There's all sorts of groups and in a few moments I'm going to get uh, Pastor Josh up and we're going to talk about some of these groups. I'm convinced that the greatest way for growth is to be part of a group with other people who are also going in the same direction that you're going in. Because you'll find, like I do at boot camp, where well, there's moments where I'm not particularly motivated and I feel like giving up. When I run beside somebody else, I'm like, oh, there's more in me. See, there's more in you. You just need to get with some people who are running a race for God who've got more in them. I want us just to close our eyes right now. Lock it in. Take the plunge. You might find a group that's just, and you're like, I'm just going to go once don't try and over just i'll go once i'll take the plunge or i'll lock it in because it's important every second wednesday night every wednesday night every whatever it is i'm going to lock it in because this is how i'm going to grow it's god's intention for my life father i'm praying in this room right now for the presence of god to touch our hearts Lord, there are lonely people in this room and relationships is your antidote. Relationship with you and with one another. Help us make a priority of what's your priority. Some of you have been on a difficult journey in your relationship, not so much with God, but with church. Church. And the best thing that you could do today is make a decision. I'm going to step back into key relationships. I'm going to take that plunge. I'm going to let God melt my heart that's got a bit hardened. Some of you are here today. Even as I'm talking, the Holy Spirit, Jesus is whispering, this is for you. This is for you. Your growth is locked in other people. Your growth is the loneliness you're experiencing. And it can be really hard to get out of that loneliness because it's been a spiral and you start thinking all sorts of things about what people think about you. But I come right now in the name of Jesus against every lie that tells you you're not good enough, that people don't like you. I come against every lie and in the name of Jesus, I break it. Now, you are good enough. People do like you. They will enjoy time with you. If you're here this morning, it's your first time or been coming for a little while, you don't have a relationship with God. The the ultimate antidote to loneliness is a relationship with God. You're created to be in relationship with Him. He loves you so much jesus said these words he said i've come to give you life and life in abundance when he's at the center when you experience his love everything changes in a moment this is what i want to do i want to lead us in a a simple prayer of inviting god into your life what i'm going to ask you to do in a moment if you'd like to do that i'm just going to get you to raise your hand and i'll just say i see your hand and you can put it down And then all together, while everyone's seated and you're seated, we're going to pray a prayer, inviting God into your life and asking for the forgiveness that Jesus Christ has paid for at the cross. And that moment will be a game changer, a life changer for you. You might have once prayed a prayer like that, but you found yourself drifted away from God, and today you need to come back to Him. In a moment, when I ask hands to go up, I want you to put your hand up as well and say, I want to come back to God. You might be a person who's gone to church growing up, a person who believes in God, but in your heart, you're not sure if when you die, you're going to go to heaven. You hope you are, but you're nervous about it. You're uncertain about it. Today, I would love you as well to put your hand up and to join us as we pray this prayer. Because in your heart, You need an assurance and a confidence. And when God comes into your heart, He gives you that assurance and confidence. If you're watching it online, you're at home in a lounge room, you're in a car somewhere, and your heart's pounding right now because you know you're disconnected from God and it's time to reconnect with Him. In a moment, I want you, when I ask for hands to go up, I want you to put your hand up as well. So, right across this room, if you're saying, John, I want the relationship with God that I was created for, I want to come back to God or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, every eye's closed. I want you just to raise your hand and say, that's me right now. Just put it up high. Say, that's me. I need that connection with God you're talking about. Thank you. I see your hand. That's wonderful. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Over here on the side as well. Thank you. I see your hand. That's fantastic. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Thank you so much. I see your hand. That's awesome. Is there someone else right now? You you need to be included in this prayer because you're... You feel like you're far away from God. I want to tell you right now, he's not that far away. He's just a prayer away. It can feel like he's a million miles away. But I want to tell you, he's here this morning. He loves you. And he's waiting for you to respond to him. Your life will change when you receive God into your life. Everything will begin to make sense. And I'd love to include you in this prayer. So I'm waiting. If there's one more person, and that's you, would you raise your hand as well? Say, that's me. John, would you pray for me? Just raise it up real high right now. That's you. So that's me as well. Would you pray with me? Fantastic. Thank you so much. I see your hand. That's wonderful. All right, this is what we're gonna do. If you put your hand up online, that's wonderful as well. All of us with our eyes closed, I want us to pray this prayer together. I want us to pray it strong. I want us to join with these three in the room and those online who are praying this prayer and say these words after me to God. Dear God in heaven, I thank you that you love me, that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. Forgive me for my sin. I'm turning to you today to follow you. I renounce the devil and all his works. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you today that I'm forgiven, made clean, that you dwell in me. I'm going to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. For those of you who raised your hand after the service, one of our team uh, saw your hand go up. They're just going to say hi, answer any questions you've got because you can't have a relationship with God on your own. You need others and we want to help you. If online you you said yes to Christ, you prayed that prayer, would you email us at yes at rc3.com and we'll get in touch with you and help you. Uh, connect with the church or follow Christ. Let's give out, put our hands together for everybody who just prayed that prayer. So good. God bless you. God bless you. Josh, would you come on up right now?